What brought you to this work? <laughs> and now I've been doing interviews throughout, throughout the day, and uh, I believe, Lori, you're the first one to ask me such a question. <laughs> but I was brought here based on, uh, like many other millions of Americans who've come across this path, uh, that I began to become more knowledgeable about it as my sister uh, was wrestling with the need for actually for a kidney as well as a heart mm. uh, based on a disease she had. And so I began to get more informed that I was uh, actually screened for living organ donation, but her health uh, kind of diminished before she was able to receive a transplant. And so it just uh, you know, spurred me in this arena just to make sure people are fully aware of the important need of the organ, eye and tissue donors. And Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. And thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders. Joining us today is Frank Holeman, Director of the Division of Transplantation at HRSA. April is National Donate Life Month. Frank Holeman, welcome to the show. And I am so happy to be talking about this because this is something that's heavy on my heart, being an organ donor, which I've done most of my life, I guess, ever since I got a driver's license when you could put on there that that's your intention. When I was a little girl, I wore contacts pretty early. And one time I went to my appointment, I lived on an island. So it was a big trip to go over there and and the doctor got called out for emergency eye transplant. And that always just touched my heart. I just thought, wow, I never really realized until that day that that was a thing. April is National Donate Life Month, and we are here to raise awareness. Over 106,000 people on the National Organ Transplant waiting list, including 1,884 children under the age of 18, and every nine minutes a new person is added. Thank you, Lori, for having us on your show to talk about something that's important to us. Uh, I think you had a great opening um, that you had interactions very early on and you recognize how important and valuable that can be. And you, you touch on actually a couple things. One, we know we uh, primarily support and promote organ, but we actually say it the entirety of it, organ, eye, and tissue donation because those the transplants of eyes and tissues are also very valuable and important to people and, and enhancing their lives. But every April, we do celebrate the National Donate Life Month. It gives us an opportunity to spread the awareness and education about the need for organized tissue donation. It also allows us to honor the tremendous generosity of those who have saved and enhanced lives through their organized tissue, bone marrow, and blood donations. And finally, just for us to have an opportunity to speak directly to your listeners, to encourage more Americans to follow their fine example of uh, registering to be an organized tissue donor. How does somebody do that? How do they say, okay, I'm going to do it. What's next? What's next for them? We have two avenues. Uh, one, the avenue is through our organdonor.gov. And that's organdonor.gov website. An interested person can go directly there, click on the state of their residency, and it will take them to that link to actually show them, uh, to direct them to the state registry. We actually use the tagline, it only takes five to save lives. And so you have the opportunity to go through the organdonor.gov website. We also, thanks to our partnership, great partnership with the Departments of Motor Vehicles, as you're getting a new license or renewing a license or even getting a photo ID, uh, everyone has an opportunity also to sign up uh, as a registered organized tissue donor at the Department of Motor Vehicles. How many organ transplants were performed last year, 2021? And 2021 is actually an excellent year for organ transplantation. Uh, for the very first time, we exceeded more than 41,000 transplants. 
And so that's 41,000 lives that have been saved or enhanced uh, during the year, and which was a, actually a 6% increase over 2020. But we recognize even with that great number, there's far more work to be done. As you said before, over 106,000 individuals are waiting an organ transplant, and uh, we want to continue the work, even though we're performing at a high number. What do you attribute that 6% increase to? I think, and, and, and so it can be slightly misleading, uh, but actually it still was heading, trending up. Um, but when you compare it to 2020, uh, 2020 was clearly impacted by the COVID pandemic. And so it, it, may, it may not be quite a fair comparison, but overall, we still was the highest number of transplants performed ever in this country, over 41,000 lives changed. One thing you talked about in the beginning is what we can actually donate. So what organs can people donate? And as we're saying it, an individual has an opportunity to save up to eight lives and enhance up to 75 others. The eight organs that you can uh, donate are the two kidneys, the two lungs, a heart, liver, pancreas, and intestines. Also, as we've been talking about that number of 41,000 last year, uh, another big number that falls into your story over 1 million people received corneas and other tissue transplants that helped them to recover from trauma, bone damage, spinal injuries, burns, hearing impairments, and vision loss. So between the, uh, what you can do with your eight organs and or between your uh, eye and tissue donations can uh, also enhance up to 75 additional individuals. That is amazing. What organ do, do people need the most? I think as soon as I give you the answer, you'd be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no, out of the 106,000 people who are waiting for an organ transplant, uh, over 85% of that list, so about 90,000 people, are waiting on a kidney transplant. Really? And so kidneys are by far and away the greatest need in our nation. We want to continue to educate your listeners and the, the public to let them know of the importance of, of donating and the need for donations. So the, my next question is, there's things you can donate while you're alive, like blood and maybe a kidney. Is, that, is there anything else that you can donate while you're still living? Sure. Those, those are the, the main, uh, clearly the main one. It's a lot of times the kidney transplants or people in need of a kidney transplant will talk with family, friends, coworkers, have them donate a kidney. Um, but you also, in, in cases, can also donate a, a portion of your liver. And so that there's also an opportunity. And of course, with the advancements in science, the wonderful clinicians and scientists that we have, there's now a, what we consider the new frontier of transplants. It's called, the long name is vascularized composite allografts, but it's really the transplantation of limbs, eye, face. And uh, if you've heard any of the stories, even uh, uh, some women have uh, received a transplant of a uterus to help them carry babies to term. Are there certain groups of people that need organ transplants more than others? Yes. Unfortunately, we did talk about that 90,000, the list of mm -hmm. 90,000 who are waiting a kidney. And so that's probably the biggest uh, kind of example. So out of that 90,000 individuals, approximately 45% of those are minorities, people of color. And so that's why we're really trying to get the word out to let everyone know that we're all needed. We all can contribute and we're all needed as we try to really uh, pare down and narrow down and winnow down this number of 106,000 individuals waiting for a transplant. 
If somebody's listening and they go, I'm going to do this, but they have an issue with one organ for one reason or another, can they specify what they're willing to donate? There are certain states that will allow, as you register, certain states do have the template that will allow the persons to specify which organ willing to donate. And so we would just recommend to go to our organdonor.gov site and be directed to their, uh, their state registry. And there they will find that information on uh, whether their state is one who um, allows specificity or just overall being an organ donor. We are talking with Frank Holeman. He's the director of the Vision of Transplantation at HRSA, which stands for Health Resources and Service Administration. And talking about uh, April is the National Donate Life Month. Something that I think about a lot. I think there are some myths. And so maybe we could kick some of those right in the face right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've been a donor for so long, and I always say, be a donor, People have said things to me that just seem insane, like, well, if you're an organ donor, they're not going to try and save your life in the hospital. So will you talk about that? Sure. And first, I'll start with, I don't know how you hit it, but you hit it right on the head. Actually, the the community adopted the slogan for this year's National Donut Life Month was be a donor. And that B is actually as a bumblebee. Mm. And the analogy being most appropriate is that it's based on bees having a strong sense of community and their contributions to sustaining life through pollination of flowers. But absolutely, one part of our job is um, wrestling with some of the myths that we find ourselves questioned with. And and so we've actually have a a section on our webpage that talks and specifically addresses the myths and and gives, instead of the myths, gives the facts. But the one you you did note, there's a couple that folks believe they live, if they ever had to go into the emergency room that the hospital and the doctors will not be willing to save their lives because they want their organs. Um, that is absolutely false. Uh, there are uh, certainly myths about I'm too old, I'm not uh, healthy enough. And we tell folks, uh, do not rule yourselves out. Um, mm. The oldest donor was 93 years old. And so uh, we don't, there's no age limit on the your capabilities of donating an organ. And if you uh, have a question about your health, we always just say at the appropriate time, we allow the professionals to make that decision on whether your, your organs are viable for transplantation. But please don't rule yourself out. Yeah, I love that. Just say yes. And then if they can't be used, that decision can be made down the road. Absolutely. Well, then you would at least die thinking you did a good thing, even if you didn't get to, right? <laughs> Correct. Who can sign up to be a donor? So currently, according to the legal laws, uh, those adults, and so right now, 18 and over, we have over 169 million adult Americans who are signed up. Uh, That's about 60, represents about 60% of the adult population in the country. The difference is there are about 90% of the country who agree with transplantation. And so we're out trying to get the word out and the message out so we can close the gap between that 60% who are registered and the 90% who say they support organ transplantation. And what's the best way? I don't know if this is a good question for you, but what's the best way to tell your family? Like maybe they are of that belief that the hospital won't help you if you're a donor. What's the best way to talk to your family if if this is something you want to do? Great point, Lori. We actually pushed that as stage two. So after a person has signed up to be an organ donor, they say, sit down and have a conversation with your family, your friends, your loved ones, 
and select the, uh, the time if the time comes, then they will be aware of your wishes and hopefully honor those wishes and desires that you um, do donate your organs. And so having a sit down conversation with them on our organdonor.gov webpage, we do have a lot of information, even some videos that talks about the process. And so a person can sit down with their family and explain these things. And Laurie, if you have uh, for your Spanish speaking audience, we also have a companion fully Hispanic site as well the, the, that has all the information in Spanish. What brought you to this work? <laughs> and I've been doing interviews throughout, throughout the day. And uh, I believe, Laurie, you're the first one to ask me such a question. <laughs> but I was brought here based on, uh, I'm like many other millions of Americans who've come across this path, um, that I began to become more knowledgeable about it as my sister uh, was wrestling with the need for actually for a kidney as well as a heart mm. uh, based on a disease she had. And, and so I began to get more informed. Uh, I was uh, actually screened for living organ donation, but her health uh, kind of diminished before she was able to receive a transplant. And so it just uh, you know spurred me in this arena just to make sure people are fully aware of the important need of the organ, eye, and tissue donors. And and, you know, I don't, you know, can't quite say whether that would have been helpful to my sister, but I want to believe uh, the more people we have signed up, the more opportunity to save lives and enhance lives. Thank you for sharing that story. And I think when people have a touch with it, it brings it home a little more is also people being willing to share their stories. Actually on our site, uh, there's a section where we capture just some of these tremendous stories. And mm. so your listeners can go there and and see some of the stories and see the, um, the lives that have been changed, the families that have been changed. In fact, we even have some of the uh, parents of, uh, who've lost young children and they can say that they took solace in the knowing that their child's organs were donated to someone else to give another child an opportunity at life. And so there are tremendous stories on our page. And so we recommend to go to the page and certainly there will be several, <laughs> if not a couple, several stories that will touch their hearts. Yeah, take take some Kleenex with you. Is there a story that has really touched your heart in the time you've been w- doing this? Since I've been doing this about seven years now, there have been so many stories mm-hmm. um, that I, you know, I wouldn't want to narrow it down to any. Um, but there are some just great stories and some great families that have been impacted. Um, one is either the donor side or what's called the donor families and on the recipient families. And so we think that the meshing of the two it's just a tremendous opportunity for the donor family as well as for the recipient family. And there are cases when uh, through an organ procurement organization that they actually get a chance to meet. And to me, those are the, probably the most heartwarming stories when uh, a person has had an opportunity to meet a family member of someone who donated an organ to help their, uh, help their family member. Uh, survive and save their lives. In case somebody has joined later, I just want to touch on a couple things we've already covered, if that's all right with you. Sure. Um, Why is National Donate Life Month in organ, eye, and tissue donation? Why is it so important? Uh, We say it's important because it gives us an opportunity to kind of spread the word and educate the general public about organ, eye, and tissue donation, the importance of it. Give us an opportunity to honor the tremendous generosity of those who have saved and enhanced lives through their donation. And also it, it allows us to let all of those, all of you out there know that we can direct you to an, 
opportunity to just take five to save lives. It takes just a few minutes to sign up as, an, as a registered donor. Tell us again how many transplants you performed in uh, 2021. Sure. And then certainly not me personally, but in, <laughs> across the country, there were over 41,000 uh, lives saved or transplants performed in the United States. And so we're looking to continue to push that number up and up as we uh, begin to pare down this list of 106,000 Americans who are waiting, of all ages, who are waiting for an opportunity to have their life saved uh, or life enhanced. And Lori, while I'm down that avenue, I want to say, and and a lot of people don't know this, I think you said it in your opening, but out of that 106,000, there are approximately 2,000 of those waiting are children under the age of 18. And 25% of those, about 500, are between the ages of one and five years old. And so that's why we really want people to know how important this is to sign up as organized tissue donors. And it says every nine minutes, a new person is added. That's incredible. I mean, we've already been talking 18 minutes. So two people have been added to that list. Yes. And, and before the end of the day, actually, 17 people die each day while waiting for an organ. And so that's one person approximately every 85 minutes um, dies waiting for an organ transplant. These are some really hard facts. And I think what was really interesting is that when we started, you told about, number one, how many organs we can donate and how many lives we can save by doing that. So maybe you could give us those statistics again. And we use this as our tagline that one individual can save up to eight lives and enhance up to 75 additional lives. And, and the eight lives can be saved through your donation of your two kidneys, your two lungs, your heart, your liver, your pancreas, and your intestines. And we also talked about, Lori, that even in uh, 2021, it was more than just the 41,000 lives that were saved. Um, there were another over a million people, about a million people that received corneas and other tissue transplants to help them recover from trauma and bone damage and hearing impairment and burns and vision loss. By making a decision, which I know is a hard decision, but by making that decision and then having it documented so that nobody needs to question it when the time comes, if people would just think about it and maybe talk about it, it might be less of less trauma if an incident does come up, you know, where a family member does pass and you have to make that decision. And that's why we're so thankful that you've given us the opportunity to talk directly to your listeners. Um, and the one other point thing we want to point out too is with April, the entirety of April is National Donate Life Month, um, but also during the week of April 24th through the 30th, we actually also celebrate National Pediatric Transplant Week. And so we are uh, covering the adults, covering the pediatrics, those you know, children under 18 in an effort to make sure that all of the listeners are aware of the importance for children and for adults. This is such a sensitive topic. And I think that maybe it is hard for people to talk about. And we had talked earlier about myths and you had said on the website that you sort of address some of those myths that people have, for instance, um, maybe that the hospital wouldn't save their life. If they're a donor, they would just let them go so they could have the organs. Do you want to talk a little more about that again? We uniquely get a lot of email to us and a lot of questions. Questions and I think you brought it up facts that people believe are facts, and we say no, that's actually not a fact. Yeah. Uh, again, the one you brought out is as we typically have heard that people are afraid that if they 
if they were in the emergency room and hospital or the doctor staff saw that they were organ donors, that they would not perform every every step they need to try to save their lives. And that's uh, fortunately 100% inaccurate. Um, their first priority is saving the life of the individual uh, in the emergency room, whatever issue it may be. If those life-saving techniques don't work, then that's when the staff will be talking to the family about the opportunity to um, donate an organ. And so we wrestle with myths about that. Again, you and I talked about the age uh, question. People think they're too old or too sick. We also have people that have questions about whether their religion supports uh, organ donation. And surprisingly, many of the major religions do support organ donation. And so there are a lot of myths on the and on and and we just direct people to the page to have any questions they might have uh, at our organdonor.gov page to hopefully have their questions answered. I love that you do this work, but you also have this personal tie-in with your sister. And so it brings it brings it more to that heart level. And is there anything that you would want to say to someone that's maybe on the fence? Sure. And, and from my position, again, having done this for about seven years, um, what I would encourage folks is to go get the information, go get the facts. We're fine with, uh, with people being uncertain and unsure. Uh, we just want them to be making a decision based upon the facts. And so that's why we encourage you to go to our organdonor.gov page. That's a government page, government sponsored. And we certainly want people to have the, the most accurate information when they're sitting with, down with their family making this decision. Uh, we know it's not taken lightly. And so we want you to be equipped with everything you might need in making that decision to sign up and register as an organ donor. And on your webpage, we're going to see stories of people that have received transplants and then also donor families. And you can hear their stories. Yes, we, we believe by it makes it less scary to people to see how many folks have actually done it. And the benefit not only to a to a person individually, but to their family. When a, a mother receives a life-saving transplant, and so that unpacks her, perhaps her husband or spouse, and as well as the children and all that. And so we uh, we want to say how important it is. And so many of those stories speak to not just the individual, but the impact that it had on the family. I believe we did talk about our push that we make it aware that the minorities. And underserved populations are certainly the uh, numbers don't uh, match what we have across the country. And so 45% of individuals waiting on a kidney are minorities, and that's clearly a higher percentage than there, there is in the population. But there were two avenues that you mentioned. And one, uh, I just want to clarify one thing. If you're going the path of a living organ donor, that's separate from the registration. The oh. registration that we speak of is for deceased donor organs. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily have to be a registered organ donor to uh, give a living kidney donation. Then the second component is uh, there are folks who just uh, read so much of this information and materials and uh, just out of the goodness of their heart want to be a donor. Then they also can just go and contact through our organdonor.gov site on one of the foundations and tell them they want to be a what they call a non-directed donor. So they want to donate a kidney, but don't have any specific person uh, in mind. And then that also can help uh, the transplant centers with make sure that that gets done as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I wanted one more time for you to talk about this year. You were using the idea of be a donor. <laughs> sure. And, then, and I wish I could take credit for it alone or Hersa could take credit for it. But it actually was a, a slogan. 
um, kind of picked up by the entire community, uh, adopted by the community for this year of 2022. It's B, a donor, uh, but that B is spelled with the B-E-E as representing a bumblebee. And we certainly agree with the community that the, the analogy is appropriate uh, as it's based on the bees having a strong sense of community uh, and, uh, of course, their contributions to sustaining life through the pollination of flowers. And so we thought, what better way, a more fitting way for asking you to register as an organ donor and connecting your opportunity to the lifestyle of a bee uh, for your strong sense of community and your ability to sustain life. Well, Frank Holman, Director of the Division of Transplant at HRSA, thank you so much for being on the show and giving us this information. And again, your webpage is? Organdonor.gov. That's pretty easy. <laughs> thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you so much for having us, Laurie, and allowing us to talk with your listeners. April is National Donate Life Month. Over 106,000 people on the National Organ Transplant Waiting List. That includes almost 2,000 children under the age of 18. And every nine minutes, a new person is added. There is a critical need for more registered organ, eye, and tissue donors of all ages and backgrounds. And as Frank Holloman said, don't count yourself out. Sign up. Be a donor. Make a difference. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference. And remember, be a donor. 